All right. It's Saturday night. I have no date. A two-liter bottle of Shasta and my all- Worst wing. Mixtape. Let's rock. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of More Like the Worst Wing, our show. We're here now in 2022. We take a look back at formerly Aaron Sorkin's seminal work, The West Wing, from a bit more of a modern leftist socialist perspective. I am Dave. And I am Stu. And we are here at the beginning, finally, of the final yes. season of Thank The West you, Wing. Jesus. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank you, God. Um, yeah, so here we are, start of season seven, which is entitled The Ticket, uh, because it is mostly about the eponymous ticket, meaning the Santos-McGarry ticket, as they are now the official Democratic candidate for president and vice president. And we get to see the quote-unquote new stage of that. But unfortunately, and what ends up being this episode's fatal flaw is that it doesn't feel much different at all from the campaigning we saw at the end of season six. Yeah, I think, and actually this is probably a good time to to talk about that specifically because I want to juxtapose it to what they have to do in the cold open of this episode. Right, so oh yeah, let's get to this what fucking the cold fuck? open. As I said, this is very, very much like the 19 years later ending of Harry Potter. Yep. Where we open three, and we actually do get a three years later uh, title card. And it's the dedication of the Josiah Bartlett Presidential Library. And all of our faves are there. And, <laughs> they're getting the they, crew back together. They're getting the crew back together for one last job. And they all have like better... Uh, either lives and or jobs <laughs> going on. Uh, like I said, this is where it feels very fanficy. We're like, oh, CJ and Danny are married and they have a baby now. Uh, Charlie's older and has a mustache and presumably he's like married to Zoe or something like that. It feels very, very like, like a, a fanfic writer wrote this scene. What would, what would cool will be doing oh my god he ran for congress and he got elected <laughs> and he won fucking will bailey who voted for will fucking bailey forgotten anything <laughs> and like i there's uh, just and it's so it's so, it's so self-indulgent yeah. and like i don't the, the thing is why I'm bringing this up now, actually, I mean, other than it being the beginning of the episode, is that to juxtapose with the fact that everything else could just be the next episode of last season. Right. Like, so this intro does feel, remember how I was complaining about the last episode did not feel like a finale, mm. even though it was like a big climactic thing happened? Yeah. Uh, this, the start of this feels like a season premiere with this, with this opening. You know, it's got all the importance... And, you know, as you said, the, the you know, self-import, the pageantry, the, the self-import, the pomp, uh, the indulgence of like, hey, this is our final year. We're taking a fucking victory lap kind of thing. But then, as you say, the rest of the episode is just like the most five out of ten bland well, serial bullshit. And, and I think I think the the skill gap here that we're dealing with is that they do this and this sort of thing is done at the beginning of a movie, not at the beginning of a totally. season's worth of television. Totally. Because this is like This American President or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. The American President. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, it's the, yeah. the, the, the timeline is off because the audience will have forgotten about this 45 seconds at the start of the episode. 
Right. By the, by time, the time anything we, happens. We get to actual, con- you know, like, you know, there's this, uh, oh, we say, oh, you know, Josh shows up. He's like, oh, the president's coming. And they mean the new president, not Bartlett. And technically, we don't know who it is yet because, you know, the election's still going. So we get this shot before the credits of, like, the president steps out of the limo and we just see shoes and then pants. And we can't cut up higher than the knee because it might give away if it's Vinick or Santos. Well, yeah, and I also do. I will always comment on there's just way too much pants happening. (laughs) (laughs) The pants are too big on everybody because, you know what? It's like 2005. This was peak pants billowiness right era. we we we've transitioned away from big shirt era to big pant era <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something something always got to be big though yeah just i remember renting renting tuxedos for formal occasions in college or whatever and just swimming in these suits i have pictures i'm just like i will never look at this again <laughs> it's, it's it's the fucking basketball player yes exactly <laughs> freshman class Exactly. Uh, so the let's while we stay on the campaign. So the campaign is mostly it's doing its thing uh, in a great little line. I love this new staffer we get that we see more of this time. I'm not sure if we saw him before. You know who I'm talking about? The tall guy. Yeah, tall dude. Good look. The brunette. Good looking guy. Younger guy. Yeah. Uh, I think his name's Devin or something like mm-hmm. that. I don't. I don't know. Uh, Brian, who knows? <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, he's talking to Josh, and Josh is like, "All right, hey, so get me updated on the campaign. I've been away for like twenty-four whole fucking hours. Like, surely a ton happened." And he's like, "No, not really, dude. We just give the same stump speech twenty-seven times a day." Yeah, and I'm it's... like, "Yeah, that's the most real this show has ever been about <laughs> campaigning. Like, let's strip away the romance and all the bullshit around it. No, it's giving the same fucking speech twenty-seven goddamn times." And to our earlier point, it's like, "Yep." Um, this episode is going to be just like the last 11. Right. So the only unique thing we have is Leo. So Leo is the new element, and it, the episode spends a lot of its time focusing on him, again to its detriment, as we are constantly split, split between Santos, Josh kind of doing his own thing with Santos, Leo, uh, the White House plot, uh, and I think I forgot like, what CJ and Toby's uh, C- shit and like, CJ and Toby, right? The, the space shuttle and Oliver Babish and all that, which we'll get to, uh, in it, another segment. The, so yeah, a lot of chaotic energy cause we're following all of these people in different locations, as you said. And in, in the past, the show has shown itself to be capable of carrying this many side plots. I mean, we always talk about sure. it. It's like you have multiple A, B and C plots in the, Thing, but, but this time, one location, or, or just I don't know what the disparity is this time around. It just feels very disjointed and scattered. Mm-hmm. And maybe, the go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say maybe it's filmed in a way like, you know how we're used to things being filmed now, where we can't get all the actors together, kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it yeah. feels very filmed that way, where they could only get Kristen Chenoweth and and John Spencer to do their stuff. On their own, and so we're not going to have them like interact yeah. with, with Santos much. It's almost conspicuous in that regard too, which again is like it, it's noticeable. It is not just kind of perhaps casually tripping along. Perhaps it's an intentional choice to to make Leo kind of feel alienated from the campaign, as that's something they're clearly going for. 
Yeah, and again, it's not really working for me because ultimately I no, end up just it's not just chaotic. I don't key in on any particular. Th- Actually, I key in on the one thing that the show's writers are probably throwing away, which is the return of Oliver Babish. Yes, yes, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, um, as I said when we discuss his plotline, but I just I want to stay on the campaign. I want to stay on Leo for a moment. So Leo's challenge is like he hasn't campaigned in you know God knows how long. Yeah, uh, And, you know, he didn't campaign with Bartlett. You know, he just got appointed chief of staff. He didn't have to campaign. He wasn't VP. So this is all a new challenge for him. And while he's decent at, like, working the press and um, uh, rejecting the premise of the question, yes. as, as Christian Chenoweth gives as a solid piece of advice, which, of course, is how you should treat the press. Yeah, it's how, my, it's how Emma treats everything in her career. You reject yeah. the premise of the question, yeah. say what uh, she wants to say. It's how you should treat anything from your boss, like performance reviews, you know. <laughs> like, it, it works for so much in, in life, especially corporate life, uh, which is a lot more politics than, than the rest of life. But, yeah, uh, I do like, there's some nice touches here. Like, Annabeth makes some sort of, like, d- crazy analogy about horses and jockeys in regards to Leo's campaign performance. And John Spencer just this, gives this great little quick double take of, like, looking at her like, what the fuck did you just say? And then he's, like, right back into campaign mode. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really nice little bit of nonverbal acting. There, He does do quite a few of those things where, and it, it actually, his performance is great because he at once seems slightly overwhelmed Yes. But also is a consummate professional and is extremely right. good at this. And it refuses to let it show. Yeah, yeah, basically. yeah. Like he's always, he's like, no, I got this. I fucking got this. But at the same time is showing signs of like stress and they're, they're clearly working on like the stress plot line, the health plot line. The, the reporters are constantly asking him about it. Yeah. Well, because so, it's hard to fucking yeah, travel the country and give stump speeches. Like it sucks. Yeah. At one point, uh, Santos says to him, like, if you want to quit this campaign, you're going to have to work yourself up another heart attack. And it's like, ooh, just put another notch in the column for when the show awkwardly references John Spencer's death. <laughs> yeah, dying. The impending, not known about death of its, one of its <laughs> the, leads. The uncomfortable <laughs> foreshadowing of the actual death of, of Leo slash John Spencer. But, uh, but yeah, so the focus is on, like, they get this poll, the Gallup, it's like the first Gallup poll of the, of the election, and in, in true Democratic fashion, they are fucking stoked to be losing, but only by nine points. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great amount to be losing by. You guys, They're it so seems psyched. legitimate, like, we don't have to work very hard. Santos is psyched, Josh is psyched, they are like, <laughs> they're like, nine points, baby! <laughs> Hell yeah, we, we can we can say this is both bad and good. This is so sweet. We can work our way up like seven points more, lose by two, and fucking promotions all around. Hell yeah, and then it's grifter season for another four years, baby. <laughs> then time to run again. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're so psyched about being only nine points down. And to be fair, I guess right after the convention with about like three months to go, uh, or roughly about how much, you know, that's that's a reasonable window to be able to close and and ultimately they will close it of course but um they're more concerned about leo polls really badly in these polls but then uh josh constantly just throws out more and more excuses like ah whatever they people vote for the top of the ticket don't worry we got like three months Eh, it's one poll (laughs) like yeah going down the rationalization hole (laughs) to why it's not actually bad news (laughs) 
Well, and I think it's also just to remark upon the show's absolutely fictional universe. There's no, I mean, even in 2005, there is no presidential race once there are candidates assigned that swings more than five points in any direction from center. There will never, ever be... Just, Just in general. A person uh, sort of, down nine points, like right. That's yeah, and also the VP like truly does not matter. Yeah, and I think like, people are picking up on that now. Like in twenty twenty two, people are learning that it's like yeah, who? Yeah, exactly. The, the VP really truly does not matter and is only there to, as they say, balance the ticket. And so, appropriately enough, you know, as we've said before, that Santos is like Obama. Uh, and Vinick is like McCain. Well, then Leo is definitely like the Biden oh, yes, that absolutely. Obama had to bring on to the campaign to balance the ticket of being a quote unquote young guy. With they even say like he has no foreign policy experience, and that's what McGarry is there for. It's is exactly the same kind of shit we heard about Obama and Biden. Yep. So again, the show predicts life uh, in in a very prescient way. It's impressive when it manages to pull this off. <laughs> Note, note that here, two years out from Biden being elected in 2020, like right. Kamala Harris's role is down to like, her husband's Jewish. <laughs> yeah. Check it out, guys. She, she she's there to balance the ticket in a very different way. Where it's like, <laughs> okay, so we have Joe Biden, the fucking avatar of old white male patriarchy. Uh, g- give me give me someone with the most minority cred we can yeah. throw to pair. <laughs> With this old white creator of the fucking crime bill system. Yeah, jeez. Well, and I mean, while we're on the subject, most of the discussion around the being nine points down and polling and focus grouping and Joey Mm -hmm. Lucas is here and talking serious shit is that they literally say out loud and I'm putting the clip in right here. Interest groups, broad-based moderate groups first. Careful. This isn't the primary anymore. We got to tax center hard. Arnold Vinnick is a moderate Republican. There's not a lot of center he doesn't have a hold on. She's right. We need the left flank. You can't concede the center. Battles won or lost there. Oh, surprise! We couldn't couldn't possibly run to the center. Couldn't possibly, you know, carry through on our convictions or have any sort of ideology. Nope. We just gotta spew some more pablum for those fucking rubes in Iowa. Time to fucking run to the center. I do now. I'll give the show the tiniest bit of credit here. They point out that since Vinick is a moderate Republican, there's not much center to run to. Yes. And Santos even says, like, I cannot win without the left flank and the base of the Democratic Party coming out for me. Yep. So my the smallest amount of credit, but of course none of that actually goes anywhere or matters. So they end up do running to the center, of course. Well, and in in contrast to, I will sort of. With with how we map this to the Obama campaign, as I recall, they also, at least in their rhetoric, shied towards the progressive base. Of course. And yeah, no, we we're all uncompromising. Know about Obama versus yeah. President Obama. Yeah. So good, good, good job, Joe. I guess, although all the hardcore operatives, <laughs> I wrote this, I wrote right. this down in all caps. It just says. Shed your convictions. Become a pablum spewing vote beggar. It's yes. like that's how yeah. you win. That's how you win elections. Right. That's 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 <laughs> how you win elections. That's how the sausage is made, as it were. Uh, but yeah, the uh, and so meanwhile, the White House is dealing with its own thing, where Speaker Halfley is proposing 
an education bill that will like increase teacher pay for better teacher performance. And this is done intentionally to fuck over the Santos campaign by basically taking away education as a policy thing for them. Uh, the White House and Bartlett are fully aware that this thing by Halfley has zero chance of passing and yet are going to engage with it and fuck over the Santos campaign for reasons? For what? <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah, and like... I have no idea why they are pursuing this. Like what Bartlett thinks will come of it. The... And this was, it wasn't, I don't want to say it was confusing to me, but like they put a lot of emotion into these scenes of them being, the characters being upset. It's just like, but what, but so just, so just don't. Don't do it. Do it. Right. Like they have Bartlett and C, or not Bartlett, they have CJ and Josh and Leo and uh, Toby, I think, all sit in the fucking mural room and have a big argument about this. And as you say, it gets very passionate, very dramatic. And, you know, it's like, oh, the White House and the campaign are butting heads. But it's like over the stupidest thing. And just like, don't do it. Like, you're not going to get a fucking bill out of it anyway. I don't understand what the White House thinks it's accomplishing. Because, and and to be fair, the campaign is also confused because the White House is sort of doing this. And the campaign is getting a message from the incumbency of the Democratic Party at large that there will be no party unity here. And it's like, well, but... right. But, yeah, there's the whole thing with the Colorado delegation where yeah. like, they don't want to show up because Vinick's crushing uh, Santos in their districts. Like, and so they think if they get on stage with him, they'll fucking lose. But they're going to lose anyway, so who cares? Listeners will understand when we say that there's just a shitload of things that happen in this episode. And it's all very... Con- like, this thing with the Colorado delegation, this education bill. And it's... The, the juxtaposition of this scene, because, I, again, I wrote it down, it comes not even 10 minutes after they have the you guys got to tack hard to the center discussion. Right. And that, why not stake your identity on the thing that the voters know? On the, the, way on the you, one thing. Yes. Yes. As the polling indicates, the only thing voters know about Matt Santos is handsome and education. Yeah. <laughs> So, and honestly, that's all you need. <laughs> like handsome, especially. And ultimately, this is the kind of the betrayal of the the fundamental beliefs of the people writing this show is that they think that voters think harder, right, about and this that, stuff, and that they need someone who has like real substance behind him and and depth and like can lead a nation or whatever, you know, and isn't just running for prom king. As they call it. But no, that's nope. all they want. The voters want prom king. <laughs> yes. As we've seen over and over again. They just this, want prom king. <laughs> they want Donald Trump to kiss the head cheerleader yes. and spike the football yes. as hard as possible. Because that's what makes America great, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> they want a president they can have a beer with. And, and they even say, like, you know, what? Women want him. Men want to have a beer with him. Uh, according to the polling or whatever. I'm like, you're done then. You've yeah. won. Stop like, thinking. Paint paint Vinick as an old, out-of-touch fogey and you fucking win. Like, you're handsome. You're young. Game over. 
Yeah, it's legitimately infuriating. Well, it's, it's hilarious how many words are going to be spilled about all the various strategizing and whatnot that the campaign is going to have to do to win <laughs> this thing. When it's just that he's Jimmy Goddamn Smiths. Look at him. Yeah, and like I can, I can only imagine being as old as I am now, watching this in two thousand five when it was broadcast live, and knowing full well that they have to do another twenty fucking episodes of this shit. Like, <laughs> I think, to be fair, I think the election happens somewhere around episode, like, 15, 16 or something. It's not, <laughs> okay. it's not like, at the very end. They do spend a few episodes of, like, transition uh, mm-hmm. and stuff like that after the actual election. <laughs> but, yeah, but I get, I get your fucking point, though. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> fucking, like, three more months of this shit. <laughs> Yeah, God. Every Thursday night on NBC. So, yeah, let's take a break there and we'll come back and we will discuss the non campaign parts of this episode real quick. Amongst the stable of other things that are happening in this stupid episode, we have <laughs> Oliver Babish's return as the White House General Yay. Counsel. Yay! Uh, love love to Platt. see Oliver Platt again. He always brings a great charisma well, and energy to the role. Even when he's good, being like, laconic. <laughs> no, and when we were talking about this, I looked him up and dude has had like a crazy career. Because oh, I, yeah. I did not realize he was in the... Kiefer Sutherland, Chris O'Donnell, Three Musketeers movie <laughs> as the third musketeer. Oh, that's right. I remember that from the fucking trailers, like way back in the day. Oh my god. <clears throat> Whew, that is dating myself a little bit. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> definitely remember that one from 1993. Yeah. Anyway, holy... he's back. Yeah, he's great. Um, he's he he plays it all very kind of comedic at first, and like he's there to kind of annoy CJ. But then uh, he does this. They do this good thing where the tone shifts uh, into the dramatic toward the end of their discussion as it becomes a little bit more heated, more pointed, and he starts to basically accuse CJ of being the one to do the space shuttle leak, the military space shuttle leak yep. to Greg Brock uh, of the New York Times, who is the one who who ran the story. Yep, and it's it's cool and and frankly, whoever coached him for this role is great because he his personality and demeanor and sort of like the way he and it's it stands in stark contrast to the rest of this entire fucking episode Uh because he immediately he both zeroes in on and cuts out every unnecessary thing when he has something important to do now otherwise great joke around otherwise he fucks cj yep like yeah, it's great. And it yep. really reminds me a lot of my lawyer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> representing like, this is, in this my is housing the perfect suit. idea of like a high powered lawyer. Because like when yeah. you get to his level, like no one can really fuck with you anymore, which is why he has the like fuck about attitude most of the time. 
where he's just like trolling CJ for the most part. And he knows it kind of like puts her off base a little so that when he has to get to the serious questioning part, like he thinks he, you know, it gives him a bit of an edge. It's like uh, there's a thing on the recent call-in episodes of Chapo Trap House where they were talking about, you know what? The best time to get laid is when you're not trying to get laid. <laughs> exactly. You will, if you just don't try, all of a sudden, you know, people want to ride your dick. It so, exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. And it's it's perfect for, for him and his sort of, like you said, you called it laconic. It's a perfect description of his yes. kind of take on this character. Yeah, so. he, yeah, he's just like, he's he's operating at like give no fucks most of the time. And then he just turns it all on instantly. And it's very, it's, it's a great contrast. And as you said, it stands apart from the way everyone else plays where they're mostly just like witty and professional and, you know, and civil uh, you know, or they'll argue, but like, you know, they'll always be civil about it. Whereas he's just like, has this troll energy that you don't really get from the rest yeah, of the characters. You, you see Josh doing it, but it is petty and selfish. Right. This like, is the more confident, This is the fun yes, exactly. version of it. Yeah. And it's, it's refreshing. Yeah. Um, he also gives the president shit in one of the final <laughs> scenes, yep. which is amazing. Yep. Because, yeah, Bartlett is like freaking out about like, oh, well, that's fine. We'll just investigate and treat it very seriously. And he's like, no, you can't do that. The suspect is here at the White House. We can't investigate ourselves. And yeah, and he, you know, and then it's when he turns it on. It's just like, I don't have subpoena power. Yep. I can't help you. And in order to do my job, I, we have to detach ourselves yep. from this shit. So. Yep, and you have to get investigated by Congress and the Republicans and the AG and all those people that you don't want to be investigated by uh, until we well, get to the truth. And and I do like that they kind of play it up for comedy that there are multiple bodies investigating them at any yes. given time. Yes. The most investigated man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really <laughs> great. And Bartlett's just kind of freaking out about, like, this is going to hurt us <laughs> so bad and blah, blah, blah. And, like, he kind of freaks out about hurting the campaign, which is funny because earlier he was more than happy to. So there is a bit of, and actually, this is actually an interesting um, thing to turn to here, is that this story running in the New York Times, I was making a point earlier when we were chatting this up about sort of like this is being filmed at a, a historical turning point because of the ascendancy of the internet, particularly social media, sure. like, you know, Facebook launched yeah, publicly in 2006. Like yeah, they, I was on Facebook about in five, but and, and all that throughout the show and, as they and gain I more think prominence. It is either Bartlett being relatively prescient to the, of the degree that the public will care about this stuff because we, you know, in our first segment on this fucking podcast, we just talked about that, like, you don't need to do a lot to get elected or campaign. But I do believe that there is a hint of, of futurism here where it's like, I, if I'm a fucking voter, I don't care if there's a military space shuttle. Who fucking, like, right. Who how does how does this affect the price of bread and, and yeah, me getting, like, my I'm bills going paid. to work... At the library or wherever, I'm, t- I'm a teacher every day. I do not give a shit. But there is the potential, and I believe we are at a time finally in the arc of the show where you theoretically could take something like this very seriously because sure. of the the new weft of the information moving through society. Sure, uh, yeah, as like as this being sort of a, an example of that. I don't, unfortunately, that's not really the angle they take yeah. with it. <laughs> 
I would, I would no, love that. No, they don't that. investigate like, this at all. The hypothetical story you were pitching where it becomes sort of this story of like, hey, there's this new media and things break through it in a way that didn't break through in the old traditional media that was have more gate kept and stuff like that. That sounds great. Unfortunately, it just becomes melodrama about Toby. Yes, unfortunately, yeah. It's just it's just president being whiny man, and then Toby having small panic attacks. Right, and then Toby, oh, will Toby go to jail? Will oh, he's got twins. He's a father. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh, so sad. And again, meanwhile, like Americans are going to be like, did you get the astronauts? Fuck yeah, (laughs) Yeah. USA number one. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, that's that's all anyone's going to care about, and then they'll forget about it a week later when American Idol has its finale or whatever. Yeah. Lost is on. Who cares about the election? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> uh, so, I want to. What bring else up, is happening? Yeah. Before we uh, exit this episode, I do want to bring up that Donna shows up. So oh yeah. As as sort of a running subplot, we see the new uh, Santos campaign office uh, in a great line. Uh, you know, uh, Santos is asking about something about like, oh, so where's my office? And Josh is like, you're never going to set foot in this building ever again after today. <laughs> Yeah, you will be on the fucking trail. This is just for the peons. <laughs> yeah, you are now. You are now the head of a large international corporation. Right, basically. you are you constantly will not be moving. here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but uh, while they are at the office, there's this running subplot of interviews that, like, oh, Josh, there's another guy here to get interviewed by you, and he's constantly putting it off. And then finally, it's like, oh, there's one final interview for you. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. I don't have time. And they're like, no, no, you have time for this one. And ba-ba-bum, it's Donna. Wow. She's back. She wants a job with the Santos campaign. Uh, she, in a cute little move, she, she, you know, brings up all her recent experience with the Russell campaign. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, and is like, ah, oh, you know, I've, you know, ever since I, you know, stopped being your assistant, I've, I've really become like a power broker in politics, and I think I'm ready for a big, you know, big girl job on your campaign. And in the ultimate pettiest move, Josh immediately just like pulls up a file. And is like, here are all the times you trashed the Santos campaign. Uh, you called <laughs> party him, unity, my ass. You called him, baby. You called him stupid here. You called him dumb at the fucking coffee thing. I have it all here in black and white, clear as crystal. <laughs> and uh, and Donna immediately is like, yeah, but you trash Russell all in just the exact same way. That's what the job is. And Josh just deadpans, yeah, but I won. <laughs> and it just shuts sorry, her girl. it just shuts her the fuck down and she has no response and it's like yeah that's them's the breaks which we, we and we talked about this at back at the beginning of the campaign season is ultimately like why this shit is so fucking stupid right in the american system it's like and then they all end up working on the same campaign anyway. Well, because, yeah, and so do do you think that people are just fucking automatons? And yeah, I mean, frankly, you have to be in order to be a successful campaign, like at this level, worker. Mercenary. Because you yeah. have you have to be that mercenary to be willing to absolutely destroy your opponents in one setting, and then once there is one election <laughs> yep. occurs, yep. you have to immediately show your belly. And be like, no, oh, I, I actually am, want to I work with you. Now. You rock. Yeah, you guys yeah. won uh, and you're winners and you rock and I need to work for the winning team. And I guess it's, if you go with that understanding, but that that's fine because then everybody's on that page. But In that theory, doesn't make for good TV at all. Right. That fucking sucks. 
right. TV. It's just, oh, so these people are all sociopaths who will say anything? <laughs> right. And have Great. no actual court beliefs whatsoever. Yeah, One like, season like why, canceled. <laughs> why did Donna join the Russell campaign? And the real answer is she just wanted it was going to help her career. And it, yeah. and, and, <laughs> and it did. And it is going to help her career. And she, spoilers, she will end up getting a job with the Santos campaign and... You know, uh, with the with the Santos White House, I think she ends up becoming um, Helen Santos's chief of staff. I want to say yes, I believe so. First lady's yeah, you know, first person. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so so yeah, so I know exactly why she did it, but obviously it was no, it was not born out of like she thought Bob Russell was the only man who could become president. Yeah, and so well, and to your point, that is why it's weird. For Josh to be doing this stuff because well. Josh, well, well, give me, give me a second. Here. <laughs> okay, we we saw Josh get to go through the emotions that a real person would have about finding and identifying with another real person that he believes in and has actual convictions right. over. Right, and for for Mister Solipsistic Ultimate Rahm Emanuel figure. That's allowed. Sure. Yeah. But for somebody like Donna, no, nah, fuck her. Yeah, exactly. We, 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 we can't portray her having any sort of like journey inner or growth. Or like, you know, coming to the light moment. Or, or I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So Josh has this, like, uh, like Leo had or Toby had with Bartlett, you know, back in the day where they see him mm-hmm. speak and they're like, oh, that's the guy. And, you know, he's had this moment with Santos, you know, and we've seen it. But as you say, Donna doesn't get to have this inner journey or this amount of depth or agency assigned to her. And she just has to, like, bounce around to the Russell campaign to be a temporary foil to Josh so that we can play off that. And clearly there's obviously their romantic subtext is interfering with this, of course, too. Yeah, but I'm just like if I'm looking at it, I'm like, well, this is somewhat condescending. To a viewer, because the show yes. is just like, of course you prefer this person because we've told you that it's proper to do so. Right. Please don't examine any of the processes that would underlie this in like a real setting. Right. And it is it is stupid for Josh to attack her for this, but of course it is perfectly in Josh's character. It's a perfectly Josh moment. Yes, yeah. of course. He's the exact the kind of asshole to, to pick a fight over something so stupid that they both know is just part of the job. You know, they're both aware. Yep. And... Yeah, I think that's fine. I think the the usage of this trope that everybody sort of gets that these things happen is fine for a dramatic device, but like that that sucks. It's depressing. Like this yeah. this shit sucks. It's like, just it's just God. it's depressing. Just along with the run to the center talk is depressing. Of just like, yep, this is what you have to do. This is the only way things are done, and it's such a contrast with like the end of. The last season where, like, he's giving the big speech about how, like, oh, believe in your ideals and b- vote for someone who believes what you believe. Oh, that's not me, though. I'm going to be running to the center. <laughs> yes. And ultimately, like, you rubes hear me saying this, but behind closed doors, I'm talking with the my deals, buddies about yeah, how the deals yeah, are being we're, we're making the deal. That, yeah. that actually run the country. And, and again, to kind of tack on with, like, everybody understands that this is how it works. I, okay. But 
this if but this is how it works you're supposed to be that, like west wing aren't you supposed to be yeah, like an exactly. aspirational you know <laughs> best version you know liberal fantasy of of what we can achieve when we all come together and work hard and whatnot and turns out and the answer is turns out sell, sell out baby well and turns out yes this is exactly the best that we can possibly achieve right is to sell out and run to the <laughs> center and do everything fucking the way it's already been done <laughs> this awful fucking mishmash of conflicting mercenary personalities vying for scraps at the middle of the american overton just, window just to be the new boss who's same as the old boss. same as the old boss yeah all right ah i think that's a perfect button to end it on <laughs> uh so did thanks. you know that matt santos is running for president <laughs> he's got an education plan <laughs> Education, Education plan. plan. <laughs> Helen needs braces. <laughs> uh, so thanks as always for listening, everyone. Uh, we're glad to be back in the saddle here and swinging through season seven. God damn it! All right, we're we're in the fucking home stretch. I swear to God. Even Emma's getting frustrated. She's like, "So when are you guys recording?" I'm like, "Well, do you need to know?" She's like, "No, I want to know when we can watch the next fucking episode." <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So yeah, uh, we'll 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 get right to it, and we'll be back uh, soon with the next one. Um, thanks again for listening. You can always drop comments in either one of our threads. Uh, if you found the show another way, hi, hello, welcome, and you could email the show if you'd like at theworstwing69 at gmail.com. Nice. Which is always nice. So thanks again for listening. Everyone, uh, stay safe out there, and we'll see you next time for another episode of The Worst Wing. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I'll send all the money you ask for, but don't ask me to come on along. So love me, love me, love me, I'm a liberal. <laughs> <laughs>